Hi, we are the Good Ship Illustration and we run online courses to help illustrators and image makers navigate a creative career. We are Tanya, Katie and Helen. We have about 70 years experience between us, each of us working in a different area of illustration. Welcome to Message in a Bottle, our new podcast answering your questions. You can send your messages to goodshipillo at gmail.com and title it Message in a Bottle so we know what it's about. Welcome to another episode of Message in a Bottle. This one's a bit of a pick and mix. We've got some interesting questions and topics to talk about. So the first one, it says, long-term and short-term goals regarding becoming an illustrator. And we're assuming that they're asking what our goals are. Yeah, I think it'd be hard for us to advise other people on what their goals should be. So maybe we should take it as what our goals have been or are, do you think? But I've just noticed it says on becoming an illustrator or already illustrator. It definitely feels like they're asking, what should I? We might have to ditch this one. Because it... Do you think we can? No, I think let's just talk about it from all angles. Yeah. (laughs) All angles will be covered. All right. (laughs) So I think when I started out, my long-term goal was to write and illustrate children's books. That was it. And my short-term goal was probably just to make that happen, make my website, send out samples. Yeah. Smaller bits. Like, so if the whole thing is a mountain at the top, is write and illustrate my picture book. And then there's all the bits on the way. I'll get this organised. I'll send out samples. I'll sit on my old landline back in my old bed sit and I'll ring around all the editors and see if anyone will see me. Just little tiny steps on the way. Yeah. Now, goals are have a happy time with a good ship. Say no to anything that doesn't make me feel excited or would get, I, I get very easily distracted by other people's ideas. Like if I get invited to lots of book festivals, I want to go and do them. And then I have to be realistic. It's a lot of traveling, takes me away from my desk. I'm not going to get my book finished. So my goals are now mostly around setting parameters and saying no to things that are not like really targeted yeah. that I really you, want to do. Your old, your later goals should be just learn to say no. Yeah. Lots. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing, That's true. True. And if you say yeah. yes to something, mm. it costs you, you're saying no to something else. So yeah. important to say no. I try to be really, really focused with that because I get so easily excited and distracted by things people suggest I could mm. do. Yeah. yeah. What about you guys? I think, when I was starting out, it was the big mountain goal was be paid to draw pictures. I didn't specifically know what kind of pictures, what for, who for. And then the short term was figure out what kind of pictures I want to draw. <laughs> so like just try everything, say yes to everything, um, make work and put it on my website. And that, it worked in the, in the long term. It took a long time. And there was a lot of like, this isn't working. I'm going to be a nanny forever. But I think... Yeah, it was like plugging away. And it's good how those little tiny bits every day, just a little bit of something can add up in, into something really big over six months. Really can, yeah. Like little Instagram post every day or every second day and fix yeah. your website a little bit, send out mm. some samples. Just those, like a tiny thing every day. Yeah. And knowing in your mind that you are working towards that. You haven't given up, it's just taken mm. a while. That's really important. And your dad's really good advice, Helen Scattergun. He said, throw enough mud at the walls, some of it'll stick. He yes. was a car salesman. Mr. Stevens. Yeah, what good advice that was. <laughs> I'd just send out samples. If people never got back to me, they got more samples. If people sent me a rejection, they got more samples. <laughs> like, I just, I just decided that that was a really, really good idea. People got samples, whether they wanted them or not, all the time. Yeah. And it did, it worked. People would stick the sample on the wall. They might have it on the wall for years and years and then get in touch. Words to live by. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think that um, 
in the beginning, the path in the beginning, <laughs> the normal path, if you're not looking at children's book illustration for other illustrators, or go and see all the magazines. And you work for them for a while, you see lots of magazines, you do moderately paid editorial work, which I think we've said before, those fees haven't gone up. Cost of living has gone up in 25 years, but those fees are still the same. So it's actually not viable just to live by editorial alone, which it used to be. Mm. I think some goals goals that should be adopted are find a nice art director that you can build a relationship with. Someone who's um, you know in tune with your ideas and can work you can work on projects with them and build up a long-term relationship. And then figure out what it is you want to do with your illustration. Like I did lots of editorial work and in mid-career I worked for lots of corporates which was quite interesting and a different experience and it was better pay. You've just got to find out which jobs can bring you the right amount of money that's equal to your career experience because you don't want to still be earning £450 a week or £300 a week for a magazine job that took you all week. I think it's working out your hourly rates and then knowing how to bill. Start setting your own fees for things instead of accepting other people's budgets. Um, And then find out if there's something that, if you're this way inclined, I would really like to use my illustration or design work to work with an environmental group eventually so I can buy myself out of working time and use it for something useful instead of just shouting at the TV news all the time. Perhaps I can use illustration to stop me getting a stomach ulcer. The nice thing about goals is that they're totally like, it's like flying your freak flag, finding your creative voice. Different things will yeah. matter to different people. So like some people will be really concerned about how much money they're making. Some will be really concerned about just making, not that you have to choose one of these, but making incredible work that they've spent ages on. Like, I don't know, it's all different. And you can change focuses as you go along as well. Because sometimes my goal has been, I'm going to earn some more money this year. I'm yeah. going to either take on more projects or charge more. I'm, I'm definitely going to make more money this year. And then the next year I'll be like, do you know, some of that work I made last year, I can see new avenues that will go down. My goal this year is to explore this other avenue that's in my imagination that I can vaguely imagine somewhere. I'm going to find it. I'm going to really work creatively this year. Goals change all the time, don't they? Yeah. I think, you know, when I, I went away and I took, came back and said, I've had all these ideas because you go on holiday and you start having a long distance look at what you do and at your career. And I thought, I want to do some really nice maps that stay around, the way children's books stay around. Because when you work for screen or for editorial, those things just disappear, don't they? And for you, they don't live. Whereas we look at Helen, obviously, with books that people (laughs) will have in their cupboards for decades to come. You can walk into a bookshop and your works are there. It's funny meeting adults who said, I read your book all the time when I was a baby, and they're a grown-up. Oh, my God. (laughs) See, proper longevity. I mean, imagine being a first edition collectible children's book in 50 years' time, the way Winnie the Pooh is or something like that. You can be that. Um, The other questions we've got are, um, would it be okay to illustrate a range of covers for books already published? I'm doing that as an exercise, but I wonder if it would be okay to include those in my portfolio. Yes. 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 And I've written, you'll pay £10,000 a year to do that in the UK at university. <laughs> Some lecturer will formulate a brief for you to re-illustrate covers that already exist. It's totally a brilliant way to flex your illustration skills, show what you can do. Yeah, you could do loads of them, put them on your folio, on your website, so people get an idea of what your work looks like. It's a brilliant idea. And as long as you're mm. making it clear 
this this isn't published or printed or commissioned work. This is you know self commissioned exercise. Yeah, self initiated. Yeah, self initiated. That's it. And you and there's loads of other things you can do, can't you? Like? Yeah, you, you you could illustrate a magazine article again, making sure that you're not saying like I've been in this magazine. Make make sure that it's kind of clear that you've just mocked it up. Uh, you can do album covers, maps, patterns for homework. You could draw a TED talk if you wanted to try out live illustration. Um, Packaging yeah. for your favourite tea, whatever. Oh, yeah. you anything you set your brief, do anything you like. And it's like yeah. when you're wandering around and you see illustrated things that you love and you think, oh, I would love to do that. Just yeah. do it. Mm. <laughs> Go home, try it. Mm. It's actually the biggest opportunity for a fantasy life, isn't it? I, I never thought like this when I graduated and I really wish I did. I wasted all that time thinking, trying to signal to art directors who I wanted to get jobs on. Why didn't I just do the jobs I wanted and show them? Then they would commission me. Yeah, You don't need to wait for permission. No. And if Katie teaches you SEO, her SEO secrets, <laughs> you will be signalling, look at my lovely tea packaging to Twinings, and they will commission yeah. you. Because... If someone's Googling tea, tea packaging illustrator and you yeah. put all the words on your website, be happy, happy days. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> I think we've all asked this at some point. What makes a good illustration? Is it the materials used or composition? What is it? Because when I know I'll do it. <laughs> Furious, frustrated face and a laughing face as well. God, we've all thought that, haven't we? What's the secret, Tanya? <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> well, um, I just think it's knowing who you are. Yeah. You know, and I know that sounds really easy. And you think, well, how do I know who I am? You can ask someone else to tell you that you trust. Maybe they can describe you back to you. Uh, or you could think, like, what occupies your mind? Because the stuff you don't think is relevant to illustration is probably the very thing you should be illustrating. You know, you think of Gemma Coral talking about all her mental health battles. She's now one of the most accessible illustrators in social media globally because everyone totally relates to her angst and her ideas that she's drawn out. So don't think I've got to be the perfect illustrator. Ask yourself, what do you stand for? And what is it you want to say? And more importantly, how is it? How do you want to say that? Because what's a good currency in this business is your creative imagination and your vision. You know, composition and materials, the rest, these are just tools of the trade. I always think it's a bit like music because you've got to write your own songs. Even a great cover band will always just be a cover band. And a regular R&B band will just be an R&B band. <laughs> Competent visual artists drawing anything without having any personal take on it will not get noticed. So think about the music you like and why you like it. Does it speak to you? Is it unusual? Is it because there's nothing like it? That's your mark. You've got to stand out, stand out from the crowd and figure out who you are because that's the whole reason behind Freak Flag. It is. That's what we talk about in Freak Flag all the time. It's like using everything about you, your interests, your obsessions that have stayed with you throughout your life, recognise them and value them and draw those things, draw those things that excite you in other bits of your life. Yes. It's all of the other bits of your life coming together into what you draw and really appreciate them. Even if, you know, some people will say, I often get asked, oh, well, I've got this idea about, you know, like a bedtime story, but I can't do it because other people have done it. But the point is that they'll have their own take on it. And there are so many bedtime stories, but your take on the bedtime story is what makes it magic. So it is, it's what you said, Tanya. It's like knowing who you are, knowing how you see the world, drawing that. I don't think, I suppose composition and stuff, they're, they're kind of important. They're just kind of tools that'll help you 
um, make that illustration look yeah. nice. Attractive. Attractive yeah. or whatever. But I've never formally learned anything about composition. Mm. I, I know the composition's working when everything seems to be singing together and there's not like a big hole in the middle of the illustration with nothing there or, or an, an area of the illustration that's not doing any work. Yeah. But I've never actually formally learned about composition. I think sometimes people think that at art school, you are taught these mysterious things on how mm. to do a good illustration. Mm. But you're just sort of chucked in and left to experiment, aren't you? That's that's what's great about it, really. Yeah. That that you you have to find it yourself. And the art school environment just gives you that time and space to do it. Um, and I think there's a danger sometimes that competency is an end goal. Yeah. And I don't know if that can work depending on what you want to be. Do you want to be hung on people's walls? Do you want to make attractive, appealing images that people would like to buy? But illustration is quite you know, a demanding area in that advertisers are looking for fresh meat, basically, as well. That's, so that's one sector of illustration. Obviously, it's not everything, but being interesting and being even outrageous or surprising or unexpected or authentic or vulnerable are all unique things and that's what's going to get someone to look at your work and if your work falls into those areas then commissioners want you because they're co-opting personalities there was again going back to that discussion on inky goodness they were talking about illustrators now that are maybe working a lot about inclusivity whether that's gender sexuality um, body image and corporates need to co-opt those values into their into how people perceive them it could be nike it could be apple or whatever so they're they're maybe you could say they're virtue signaling but they're looking for illustrators who represent those values and get them to work for them because it gives them the kudos so who you are and what you stand for is really important um particularly now where we're in quite a political climate and it didn't used to be politics was a big no-no in work but now it's not small politics with a small p is useful for commissioners. So being someone and standing for something is way more important than it used to be. Yeah, and it's more important than how to use watercolours, which mm. com composition is the best. And those are the things that fall into place when you experiment and keep drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing. And you'll, we always talk about the gap, the Ira Glass quote, and the, your taste, that you've got really good taste because you want to be, and butchering this like, you've, <laughs> you've got a good taste basically and you know what looks good and what doesn't look good and it just takes a while for you to see your ability to catch up with your brain being like oh that looks good um and finally i'm as i'm as good as my taste but that takes a long while i, I don't think i'm certainly not there oh, no, be an do you ever get there oh. i feel like that's the excitement of illustration you're always striving for the next thing aren't you yeah i've always like got something around the corner that's like I don't really know what it is but I'm really looking forward to being there that's what keeps me going yeah it would be boring yeah. if you just completed mm. illustration <laughs> finished <laughs> <laughs> my career is done <laughs> creative expression fulfilled so we were going to talk about um contracts weren't we businessy things yeah uh, yes we get a lot of questions about contracts how do they work do we need them? I find it really interesting when you two talk about contracts because they, they bear some resemblance to a picture book contract, but in other ways, completely not. So you two talk about things like pinning down how many sets of roughs you'll do before mm -hmm. artwork. And if the client asks for more than that, you either say no or there's some clause in there that you'll be paid extra money. 
it's really not like that in picture books because yeah. it's like a you're a team working with your editor and your designer and say I demanded that after the second round of roughs that was it a finished book I would be really unhappy with the results <laughs> it takes me numerous sets of dummy books or thumbnail sketches before I even know what the story is and structure it properly and then I might make a dummy book and flick through it and think oh it's a bit baggy there or the editor might say um there's too much happening on this double page spread let's try and steal another spread somewhere else and we really work as a team and if we tried to fit all that into two rounds of roughs it would be totally impossible so if I tried to enforce that in a contract I probably wouldn't work again <laughs> but how long does a book project take that I think time is the difference mm. in all of this as well isn't it it takes as long as a piece of string <laughs> like I have had books where so that I did a book for UNICEF and it was really really time pressured and I think I did it in five weeks that's wow. the fastest I've ever done wow yeah how many, how many illustrations oh it was just time? a board book so maybe six spreads right are you happy with it at the end yeah yeah that's yeah good. especially considering the time restraints on it yeah I've just been into walker books actually and I can't talk about it because it's not out yet but they've got a book that is under severe time restraints. It's a book for charity. They had to have the whole thing done within like six weeks or something. Like crazy, crazy, crazy task. And the illustrator who's illustrated it, very famous, brilliant illustrator. And I looked at the work and realized it was her, but it was completely different. And that's because she'd only had a few weeks. So she'd just used pastel, no layers of paint, none of all the usual stuff she does. It was brilliant, really lovely, but a real minimalistic, version of her work yeah. um, and then other books take me I remember one it was a nightmare actually it took three years because my editor kept changing all the time and they had a new idea and so that's when the contract is a bit annoying because if you have a new editor with new ideas you don't have a contract to say that's it we're finished now yeah but usually if I've got a happy relationship with my team maybe six months or a year to make a book um but I'm happy with that. I wouldn't want... To, if I, if yeah. I demanded we're finished on the second round of roughs, it would be a really, really bad picture book. I like that it sounds like an organic thing between you and the mm. publisher and stuff and the editor and like you're all working together because you all want it to be good. Exactly. Like, We've all got the same goal. We all want it to be good. Yeah. And if I pick my playmates well, we're going to have such a nice time in the playground mm. making that book. Yeah, And then the final book itself will be amazing. Yes. Well. You'll be able to see that in the book. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I feel like I rock up Oh, to use the word rock up. <laughs> Every time I was, last week, Tanya was like, I hate when people say rock up, and now I'm like, oh no, did I leave it in the brain? Only say it, I'm just going to rock up. <laughs> you I are just, younger, you're allowed to say rock up. I don't, no, I normally say it. <laughs> okay, so when I turn up to a client job, I feel like I'm there as a service provider. They're always big corporate clients usually, and they're like, we need this job done. We want to know that you're going to deliver it and exactly how much it'll cost. And then job's done. And it's it's not like goodbye, never see you again. Because sometimes they can't, well, like more and more they come back and see me again. But it's very much a like one and done. So the contract is very businessy. And it's like, I will do a tech rehearsal with you. And it could take up to this time. And then I'll do the job and it'll take this time. And I'll deliver the illustrations here. And the license that you get for the usage is this. Like, and I feel like it's, I, I give a very generous license because I don't want their notes like yeah yeah it's for a random meeting that I'm never gonna see again and I'm like if that makes them happy because they're like oh amazing 
That's so kind of you to give us this license. <laughs> That's brilliant. Have they not treated like that by other? Uh, maybe not. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like, do what you want with it. It's yours. Oh, eh? <laughs> but also, it's a short. It's the extreme of Helen's, isn't it? It's a very short relationship. Her like, job, yeah. even if you have repeat business. And sometimes people get in touch. They're like, we've got a meeting on Wednesday, on Monday morning. They'll email me, and I'll be like, okay, here's the contract. Get it signed. Show up on Wednesday. Job's done. They pay. Like, it is. You're at the mm. extreme end of where I. You're at the opposite end of where I am. Like your job can take like an hour. Yeah. And uh, you've il- illustrated everything. It's all done. Whatever you did in that hour, that's it. End uh, of. And sometimes I don't even speak to them. It's like a couple of emails. I'll show yeah. up on the Zoom call, yeah. and then we're done. And they'll be like, oh, that was brilliant, thank you. So your contract has to be tight because you've got to protect yourself in that. Yeah. You've got to make sure that they know where all the boundaries are. And... I mean, like, touch wood, mm. nothing, like, everyone's always been nice. They've always paid. I've never, ever had a non-payer touch wood again. <laughs> um, like, people just, I think, it's very clear-cut. It's like, mm. going to a shop and buying a loaf of bread. Yeah. They're like, the bread is going to be in my basket and I'm going to go home and make toast. And then we're done. Yeah. All but it's like we've got all three stages. I'll have maybe a one week to a two month, three month relationship with a client, and there might be the odd phone call, so you get to know the voice. But a lot of it's disembodied emails, and I will always send them terms and conditions, laying out you know basic guidelines. If you cancel at rough stage or you cancel halfway through, you'll be liable for thirty percent, forty percent, because that does happen a lot to illustrators. And then I think it's the rounds, like you said, to stop. You called it scope creep. Yeah. I was thinking, who's he? Does he live in there? <laughs> I mean, have I seen it? <laughs> but yeah, scope creep, where they get, you know, you if you don't give your version of what you've been briefed to do, it's always good to write it down and then give them a copy of those notes and say, is this, as far as you can tell, this is what we've agreed to do. And once they sign, sign that off, that's great. So anything beyond that, you charge out at a daily or hourly rate. So you've got a very clear description of the boundaries of the brief and you know when they've asked to do something else. And the other thing is the changes. So mm-hmm. maybe you say, we have two rounds of changes, one at black and white rough stage, um, and you need to collate all the feedback from everyone into that one one stage. And then I'll give you another opportunity for a round of changes at colour rough stage. Sometimes give them two sets of changes there. And also things like the feedback. You don't want people waiting two weeks to give you feedback when you've booked clients in for over two months. You need to know that everything slots together. So you request that the feedback happens within a day or two days at most, and then final artwork so everyone knows where they stand. But that to impose that on picture books would be so rigid, I can just imagine. You yeah. would never get that, or like you said, Katie, the organic winding journey of a, of a picture book and the right to do the revisions you feel you want to do. Especially that bit you said there about feedback within a couple of days. <laughs> Because they're working on lots of books at the same yeah. time, so I couldn't ask them to give me feedback within a couple of days. Also, when they do give me feedback, I couldn't give results to that feedback within a couple of days because I have to think it through. I have to yeah. sleep on it. It's and... like a two-way thing, isn't it? Yeah, because sometimes they'll send a piece of advice and I'll go, what? No, what? <laughs> no, no, that's a terrible idea. And then a few days go past and now it's sunk in a bit and I'm like, yeah, they were absolutely right. Yeah, <laughs> if I change that, it really makes a difference the way they start the, you know, nuance of the story will pull together a lot better. So I hate to take my first reaction. I don't like to take my first reaction as it. I like to sleep on it, leave it a few days. Where am I now? Hmm. Sometimes I start agreeing. Sometimes I think, no, actually, that spread is really important. I've got to fight for that spread. That's got to stay there. 
but sometimes they were right. So mm. yeah, feedback within a day or two, either way, would be really bad. Yeah, that's so it's so enviable, isn't it? The world of picture book illustration. It just sounds. Let's get it done. Thinking about working on something for six months makes me like, oh no, help! <laughs> like I get like commitment phobia. <laughs> it's amazing how completely different our experiences of illustration is as a profession and yeah. how we relate mm. to clients differently. This is why we started The Good Ship, isn't it? Because we would have cups of yeah. tea together yeah. and we'd realise we were all we're all illustrators, but our experiences were so completely different. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what does your contract say? What? Yeah. And yeah, then we realised other people might want to listen in on those conversations. That's why we're here. Well, it is because yes. whether we could ask you, especially children's picture books, so many people are in it, but no one knows how it works mm. except when you're inside it. And because illustrators didn't talk to each other, well, I mean, we were we were in a big studio and I did learn some things, but the most I learned was working for a design group in Hong Kong called Origin, who became really good friends of mine. And they would teach me, well, they would they would talk in terms of how they ran a design group. And so they would say things like, right, Bella's doing the scheduling. And Bella would show me the schedule for the project so they knew what that project was priced at. They could only afford to give three weeks to it. So they would schedule in submission, feedback, and revision dates for absolutely everything. I was like, oh, that's how a high-functioning creative works and knows what they're going to earn at the end of the year. And that's important. You need to know how much you're billing out for. And then, you know, there's lots of other stuff they would teach, like... Um, not exactly teeth, but like I say, I would, I, I would discover from them, they'd say, well, could you do something like 15 illustrations and we'll build a visual library for this client? They may not need them all. They might only need seven now, but we're going to offer them 15 so that later on they've got visuals for their ads. Maybe you could do some textures in there as well. There are so many different ways of selling illustration and design groups understand that, um, creative agencies and ad agencies. And getting the other side of the business reveals so much about what illustrators can be once you when you're looking out at the people who are commissioning you it's a very singular perspective and you think i'm just me and i just do these kind of things it's amazing what how designers view illustrators yeah there's a whole world and then so we're in three totally different areas and there'll be bajillions more areas yeah in between those as well there will be like just the area of illustrating older fiction. I do picture books, but older fiction is a whole yeah. different level of contracts and how that those projects work out. Um, yeah, it's more niche than we imagine. Mm. I suppose long, long answer short, we all have contracts, <laughs> and they're very important. Yeah, in yeah. Their own way. Yeah, get everything down on paper and don't work for free unless you will really benefit in some other way, yeah. like really, really weigh up whether it's worth working for free. If it's your absolute pet charity and it's any, or, or cause and you want to better it, yeah, mm. you make those decisions. But there are so many people mm. who have their passion projects and they come to you and say, this is my passion project, will you help me make it work? It's not your passion project. You don't have to help them make it work. Save your energy for your passion project. Mm. Even charities, like they have, they have budgets and they've got funding. So that's another thing as well. Like, fair mm, enough, some do. If it's your yeah. favourite charity and you want to donate your time fair enough but if charities come to you asking for free work they'll be getting paid to ask you to do the work like the people in the office get paid a living normal wage so i think that's worth mentioning yeah Yeah. but the whole working for free thing oh my god we could talk talk about that for hours Mm. (laughs) (laughs) the whole other kettle of fish okay 
So that's that's all for now, isn't it? So yes. Next one. Thank you for your questions. Send your message in a bottle in. And if you'd like to learn more about The Good Ship, you can go to www.thegoodshipillustration.com. Um, and we also hang out on Instagram. We're at The Good Ship Illustration. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you later. Brilliant. Bye. Bye. Bye.